Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Portions of the Oilers Now podcast are brought to you by ProAmSports.ca. Six thirty, Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office. Yeah, Digitex does that. D i g i t e x dot c a on Oilers Radio. Six thirty, Chad. It's hour number two of Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer with you. And coming up in this hour, uh, in the next half hour of the show, we'll talk to the brand new general manager and president of the Edmonton Oil Kings, Kurt Hill, and the new head coach of the uh, Edmonton Oil Kings, former New York Islanders forward Brad Lauer. Uh, Joe Haggerty, Hacks with Hags. I don't know if he was one of Peter Shirelli's favorites or not in Boston. Second hour of Oilers now, uh, brought to you by Digitex. Uh, Joe Haggerty will join us at 135 today. Digitex has our office printer and supply needs covered. They do it all, and they could be doing it for you right now. You can text us at 630-630 on our Westlock 4 text line. If you're looking for a new vehicle, go see Paul Olson at Westlock 4. Check out their great selection today at westlock4.com. Worth the drive to get your new ride. All right, we're going to head off to the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline, 780-496-0063. River Cree has blood, sweat, and tears featuring Bobice on Friday night. Tickets available at Ticketmaster.ca. I can honestly say my guess is I might be one of the few media guys in Edmonton that saw our next guest play as a member of Waterloo. It was in the 2013 University Cup. I didn't see much of Kurt Hill. I saw far too much of Keaton Hartigan, who was the uh, goaltender who stoned the Alberta Golden Bears, who dramatically outshot Waterloo 43-13, but lost by a score of 2-1. It is the only loss that Ian Herbers has ever suffered at the University Cup. Ian Herbers back at the U of A. The new general manager of the Edmonton Oil Kings, uh, president as well, was on that Waterloo team, Kurt Hill. He joins us right now. As soon as this, uh, what's going on here, Brendan? Can you, uh, do you want to, there we go. I think I got Kurt now. Kurt, how you doing? I'm doing well, Bob. Thanks. How are you doing? Good. So uh, that was the upset special at the University Cup that year with Waterloo. <laughs> you guys said no business yeah, winning that right. game, man. Come on. <laughs> Ran into a hot goalie. Yeah, he, he was he was pretty good, as I recall. I think there was about four goal posts as well, and, and it must have been kind of a bittersweet moment for you as well, playing in uh, uh, in the OUA at that time. And Alberta was uh, the prohibitive favorite. And you, of course, coming from the Western Hockey League as a player. 
Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, whenever you when we got to that point in the university championship, you know, you see Alberta first on your schedule, and you're you kind of roll your eyes a bit. But then when you go, you you got to play the sixty minutes of the game, and it worked out for us that game. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, you spent the last year with the Chicago Blackhawks where you uh, weren't giving away trade secrets, leaving around uh, 35 uh, uh, separate scouting reports and individual uh, players uh, when we were in Buffalo, but that's for another conversation at another time. I'm not mentioning any names. Uh, but uh, tell me this, uh, how did this all co- sort of happen for you? Because it's been a rapid ascension in terms of getting the opportunity to uh, you know join the Oil Kings and in a senior role as a, uh, as a president and general manager. Yeah, you know, I think it was uh, probably my journey started when I got the opportunity to work at the Western Hockey League office and we're uh, in the recruitment department and hockey operations department. Um, spent four years there and, uh, you know, got to know a lot of the league, got to know the, the people around the league, the players, the teams. Um, so that was kind of my, my starting point in regards to working in the Western Hockey League and uh, it opened up a lot of doors for me and gave me the opportunity to work with Chicago for the year, as you mentioned, and uh, from there... Um, I got the opportunity to uh, interview for the job here in Edmonton, and uh, which was a very exciting opportunity for me. And um, everything came to fruition, and I'm super excited to have joined the team as of May 1st and uh, officially today. Yeah, you mentioned May 1st. You were spotted at the uh, WHL uh, Bantam draft, and that was a time in which the Edmonton Oil Kings actually picked up a couple pretty good 20-year-olds, better 20-year-olds than they had last season, guys that could maybe uh, help out a bit on uh, offense. I know the, the Benjafeld kid, if I'm not mistaken, had two or three different teams in on him at that time, including a couple teams in the Central Division. Uh, but... Where I'm going with this is is how challenging was it to kind of keep it a secret that you'd already kind of because it was out there in hockey circles, but it wasn't necessarily completely out there. You're still working for Chicago, but you're already sort of in a position where you're taking on responsibilities in Edmonton as well. Yeah, you know, I think it was in the hockey circles. The word the word travels fast, as you know, and uh, the word was out there, and uh, even in the NHL circles, every time I went to the rink or I was at the combine or what it was, people were asking me about the position, and uh, so I think it was out there, and it was just, uh, you know, with the relationship that I had with the Blackhawks and finishing my duties out there, we wanted to wait until after the NHL draft to uh, make it, um, you know, publicly official here in Edmonton. I saw one of your. Uh members of your senior management team uh, in Buffalo and he talked about the fact that there was very few defensemen six feet and under in the NHL and then they turned around and drafted Adam Boquist eighth overall so I got a chuckle out of that uh, hey let's, uh, let's do this you're, you're coming in at a pretty good time aren't you Kurt I think you'd admit to that I mean there's a cyclical nature that takes place in junior hockey uh, the Oil Kings missed the playoffs the last two years after going to playoffs for six straight years they're the last WHL team to win the Memorial Cup but you've got some exciting young players coming yeah, you know, we're very excited about the young players. I'm working with Jamie and his staff at the draft. Uh, they seem to be extremely excited with the, the draft that they did have this year. And, uh, you know, seeing the guys at development camp in early June, uh, the 2002 and 2003 born players, kind of the future future of the team. And uh, they were they were exciting to watch. You know, they play with uh, they play with pace. They all can skate. They all got good hockey sense and skill. So, uh, very excited to see where those players come, and uh, excited to see where where this roster can move in the future here. Kurt, you mentioned uh, pace, and I know at the press conference you sort of uh, shed a little bit of insight into the type of you know how you want your team to play. So, educate our listeners on that front. Yeah, you know, I think it's kind of a little bit of the new age of the game that you're starting to see uh, teams in the NHL move to. And, uh, you know, it's, you know, for players, it's the developmental league. So we want our players, you know, we want them to play fast, play with pace, 
puck possession style of game and uh, play some exciting hockey. It's going to be expected that if you're an Oil King, you're you're competing, and that's the biggest thing we want to see from our guys is the compete level every night. All right, you uh, have hired a coach, Brad Lauer. He's not been in the Western League for a number of years. He was an assistant to uh, former Alberta Golden Bear Corey Cluson, who, of course, went on from Kootenai into the Ottawa organization, coached their farm, t- uh, their farm team, then had a, an opportunity to be their head coach for a season and a half, subsequently returned to the WHL most recently with Leon Dreisaitl's uh, hometown team in Cologne, Germany, before being fired this past uh, year. But uh, Brad Lauer was the assistant uh, for Corey Cluston for all those years. And I guess the question I have for you, I mean, Brad's been an NHL assistant on a very good staff for a number of years, but he's not been a head coach. Uh, was there any, you know, given the fact that this is your first time GM experience uh, opportunity, was there any concern in, in maybe wanting somebody that had had, you know, a fair amount of head coaching experience? You know what, I think when it came to going through the process, we I got the opportunity to speak with a lot of coaches, a lot of very qualified people within uh, the hockey ranks. And, uh, you know, with Brad, it really stuck out. He wanted, he's in a spot where he's, uh, He's ready to be a head coach, and that's what I feel. That's what he feels. And uh, with his experience in the NHL, having the opportunity to work in, you know, under some pretty good leaders in Tampa Bay and in Anaheim, um, we feel that he's going to be in a position to uh, come back to, to junior hockey and, and be a head coach. And with his experience that he had in Kootenay over five seasons, too, he understands understands the league. You know, it's changed a little bit, but it's still a lot of a lot of things are still the same. So he's not completely, you know. Never, it's not that he has never been in the Western League before. He's been here for five years, and he understands uh, a lot of the dynamic, how it works. So we're excited to have him in here. You were on the recruitment side. Uh, one of the advantages that the OHL has, uh, besides the fact that they got one team for every 675,000 people in Ontario, and there's one team for every 475,000 people in Western Canada for the WHL teams, which some would mean suggest there's too many WHL teams at 22. Uh, but you talked a bit about recruitment. and one of, the, the OHL did a great job uh, and has done, you know, and, and certainly London and Windsor, to name a couple, have brought in some really good American players. Um, you did some of that recruitment. You tried to keep the, you know, direct kids from Western Canada into the WHL instead of maybe uh, going the NCAA route. Do you think that's something that is, is there an untapped potential with American kids to, to maybe convince them to come play at Edmonton down the road? You know, I think it's really just explaining your the market to them, making sure that they understand a lot of, uh, I mean, the, the nice thing with Edmonton is uh, every kid you talk to in the U.S. understands where Edmonton is and with having the Oilers here and understanding the building that we play in here. So I think it's using some of the resources that we do have here in regards to the facility and how well the, tra- the players are treated here um, and letting them be aware of that. Um, I think there's opportunity to potentially, you know, whether it's list some guys or or further along in the draft potentially to to see if the right player is available at the right time to uh, maybe maybe take a chance at them and uh, bring them into our market and try to recruit them to play up here in Canada. We're joined by the new president GM of the Edmonton Oil Kings, Kurt Hill. Uh, the Oil Kings with five first-round picks over a three-year span, including uh, two picks in this past year's draft. You've also got the number two pick in the uh, CHL import draft. Um and it's funny how things work out. I know Leon Dreisaitl's year, he thought he was going to Erie at number three. Uh, certainly that's what his agency believed. And uh, he ended up going to Prince Albert, and they dug in deep and uh, ended up convincing him to go to PA, and the rest was history. That's your next order of business, right? When is the CHL import draft, by the way, Kurt? Uh, it's tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. 
All right, so you got to get off our interview here and get focused on that. But uh, is it, uh, that presents a tremendous opportunity for you guys to improve your hockey club right away with an impact guy, isn't it? Yeah, it does for sure. I mean, the, the import draft tomorrow, you can it's um, you can get a good, great player. Obviously, when you're picking a number two in any draft, you're you know you're going to get a quality player. Um, I think it's with the import draft. You know, I, we have an opportunity to to pick a player here that could potentially build with our with our younger group too. So um, there are a lot of good players out there right now, and uh, we have a direction that we want to go to in, in that draft, and we're looking forward to it tomorrow. Kurt, I got Brad on the other line. We wish you the best of luck, and this will be the first of uh, many painful organize, uh, painful interviews for you over the course of the next couple of years. So hope you can get through it, okay? I <laughs> appreciate it. Thanks All right, lot. you bet. And as we mentioned, we do have Brad Lauer on the line right now. He is the uh, new head coach of the Edmonton Oil Kings. Spent the last uh, several seasons basically working with two head coaches. Uh, in Tampa Bay, uh, one in John Cooper, and the other uh, sort of a coaching guru in his own right. Now with the Tampa, or now with the Dallas Stars organization, that's Rick uh, Bonas. Brad Lauer, the new head coach of the uh, Edmonton Oil Kings, joins us on Oilers now. Brad, it's Bob Stoffer. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, Bob. It's been a really good day for me today. All right. So how does this? You know, you, Tampa Bay elects to make some changes after basically getting pushed around by Washington in that yeah. playoff series. Uh, yeah. How does this end up happening for you? That after all those years in the NHL as an assistant coach, you end up sort of on the radar screen for a WHL head coaching job. Well, Bob, I tell you exactly. I mean, obviously, when when you when you decide or to leave or or let go, it's 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 a process as a coach. I mean, obviously, the first thing I do is, is uh, I reach out to other coaches in the league, other guys, people I know, um, just to see what's available and what's out there. Um, the, the, some of the problem issues that you have when you play in such a uh, till till the beginning of June is that a lot of the a lot of the positions are gone. So this year has been very different in that aspect. Uh, when when I when I made some phone calls and, and I look at uh, all the leagues, the Western League, the American Hockey League, and and obviously NHL for assistant jobs, but you know, the last couple of years, I, I've really, I really wanted to, I really wanted to be a head coach. I was really, I've worked with some really good coaches, and I've been very, very, you know, it's been, it's been, an, it's been a great experience for me. And the last couple of years, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I was really wanted getting the the, 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 the taste of wanting being a head guy. And uh, so, obviously, this year when when I was looking around. Um, the Western League is always, it's, I know it's a great league. I, I came back after I retired from hockey. I came back to the Western League with the Kootenai Ice and worked there for five years. And I, I felt this, is, this would be another good start to my head coaching uh, career. I saw Corey Clouston at uh, Claire Drake's Celebration of Life a couple of weeks ago. I actually broadcast Corey's games in the uh, when I was roughly the well, I am roughly the same age of him back at, back in the late 1980s. Uh, and you've kind of followed Corey around. You spent five years with Corey in uh, in Kootenay. Yeah. And at times, I'm sure you guys thought you were taking a uh, pocket knife to a gunfight, and compared to some of the other uh, ownership groups in that league, uh, just because Kootenay is a smaller market that's had yes. major challenges. Then you go with Coot. Uh, Corey on to uh, Ottawa's organization. So obviously he has, I don't know if it's possible for a guy roughly your own age to be a coachy mentor of yours, but you, you know, you worked with him for a number of years. You probably share some similar philosophical approaches. You know what? I got a lot of respect for Corey. Obviously he, he, he gave me my first opportunity along with Jeff Chanel and Ed Chanel uh, to, to get into coaching. Um, I, I think he's one of the smartest guys I've, I've worked for. Um, I learned a, a, an awful lot from him. Um, 
one thing is he's you know the, the uh, his his ability to be able to change on the fly to make uh, adjustments in the game, not waiting for the period to end, but be able to do it at next shift. Um, you know, I I, I found him. Uh, I learned a ton from him. Uh, he was a, he was a little bit of a mentor to me. He, you know, he helped me along, and you know, I, I learned an awful lot. And a lot of it, a lot of the stuff I still believe in is it comes from him. Edmonton Oil Kings head coach Brad Lauer. Brad, I was actually out for dinner uh, at a dinner on Wednesday night, uh, and Bruce Boudreau was at the same dinner. What was it like being on his coaching staff in, in Anaheim? You know, Bruce is a great guy. I mean, I, Bruce and I had a lot of fun. I mean, one thing with Bruce, um, he lets you, when he gives you a, uh, a role or, or a job, he, he expects you to do that job, and, and, you know, he wants you to treat that job like it's a head coaching position. So, uh, one thing with him, he, he delegates a lot of work, and he gave me a lot of stuff to do. I was responsible for a lot of things in Anaheim. Um, I treated every position like I was just a, like I would run it like as a head coach. Obviously, I'd run things by him, but I mean, he gave me a lot of opportunity to grow as a coach uh, in meetings and, and uh, you know, voice and having an, uh, an idea or just in video meetings, stuff like that. So I really grew as a coach uh, under under him and. And I've learned an awful lot. And the biggest thing with Bruce, I thought I learned, is his communication with players. Um, he might not be the best X and O's guy, but I think he's one of the best guys as far as communicating with his players. And I've, and, and I, I've watched the guys, the players around him, how they just um, really respected him and, and how players grew and, and got better with, with him, just the way he handled them. Brad, you were with John Cooper uh, the last several years. I think he's a tremendous coach. Uh, I love how uh, even-tempered he is. Yeah. Uh, you know, like you, you watch him and he's always under control and he yeah. kind of speaks in hushed tones and he's not about himself as a coach. Uh, and and then, then in Bonas, who's, co- you know, Rick Bonas is coach yeah. forever. Was it almost like taking a coaching one-on-one course, being with those two guys? <laughs> you know, like I said, I've been very blessed with the teams I came with and that had such great coaches. And you said, like, like John, you have, he is very even keeled, very low temperament, doesn't overreact in situations. He does, you know, very composed. Um, I like the way the nuances of the game he plays. He wants players to play, you know, to their ability. Little, he, he doesn't. He has no problem with players playing a little bit of risk in their game. He wants them to be creative. He wants them to try things. I think that's something different. Than some of the coaches I worked with, which I really, which I really liked in Tampa, was allowing our guys to sort of spread their wings, not just to dump and chase the puck, but, you know, to, to play with the puck, to, to, to play it, to manage the game, be a puck possession team. Um, and then you have Rick, Rick Bonus. I mean, uh, he's, he, he was, he's, he's an unbelievable person, the way he treats people that, I mean, I watch, I mean, he was the main responsible for the defenseman, and I just watch how he handled the defenseman and the relationship he had with the players. It, it, it's second to none. It's just incredible how he how he's able to talk to the players and just how, how they they as players respect him so much. Brad, just, just before we get to maybe your coaching philosophies, I've got to ask you this. I know you finished up yep. your junior hockey uh, playing for Bill Morris in 1985-86. Yeah. Uh, Corey Clouston would be a disciple of Bill Morris. Uh, yeah. He and Ian Herbers and Serge Lejoie, Lejoie took the job in Kamloops about a week and a half ago. They all played on the 92 championship team that Bill coached. But yeah. you had a guy on that team that I think to this day might be the scariest guy in the Western Hockey League, Brian Wells. And he wasn't a big guy, but he, you're already laughing. Uh, you I, know. Showed video, I showed video of our, I, I swear to God, I showed video of, to our team, our team this year, 
uh, back in 1985, 84. Was it with Mark Tenorti? With Mark Tenorti. And, and I showed our players this yeah. video of the stick fight was in Lethbridge that night. I, this is a guy I played with, and I showed them, and they're, they're looking. I remember Ryan Callahan looking at me goes, you serious with this? That's real? Said, yes. That's real. That is, that is real. This guy played on the edge, and, and well, he, he went he, over it. He needed the stick fight with Mark Tenorti, because I played against Mark, and let's put it this way. I, I didn't go within 15 feet of Mark Tenorti or Todd Ewan when I was growing up playing. Mark played the game hard. He played it honest. He was a physical presence on the Oh, field. yeah. He had a great uh, career because of it. All right. So we've done our trip down memory lane. How are yeah. you? So this is this is a team that, you know, I think we have to be pragmatic. They're, yeah. you know, they got a couple good 20-year-olds they picked up. They're, they're going to be a little bit younger. They're going to get better over the next couple of years. Realistically, maybe 30 to 40 wins this year. Maybe you're looking at 40 to 45 a year from now. But how has the game changed from maybe when you were coached going back 25, 30 years in terms of the communication skills with the kid and in terms of maybe creating a positive environment from him, with him here right from the get-go? Yeah, I mean, Bob, I think the biggest thing for, I mean, today's game has changed. The players are definitely changed from when, when obviously, when I put the skates on. I mean, the coaching, uh, I mean, the coaches back then for me were a lot of yellers and screamers. And, and uh, you know, you, you, you sat on the bench, you, you didn't go out. Uh, you know, there was a little bit of a tough love type, type coaching back then. Today's game and players, I think it's totally different. I think the communication is so important now with today's, with today's kids that, um they, they need to know where they're at, where they where they where they sit. They need to know uh, why. Um, I think it's important for them to know. I think it's important for a coach to have that communication with the player. Sometimes honesty is the best thing. It might hurt him at the beginning, but he knows it's honest, and you're not you're not trying to hide anything. You're going to try, and you're not going to push him aside. You keep working with them. Um, I mean, today's today's kids got. They have to know. They they need answers. They can't. You don't want them to go home uh, not knowing. Um, the answer, and I think it's important for to have the communication uh, with the individuals on a day-to-day basis. Brad, great stuff. We appreciate you uh, taking time to join us here on a busy day, and uh, we'll be doing this a lot during the course of the season. So, thank you for joining us on Oilers Now, Brad. Thanks, Brad. Appreciate it. You bet. That's Brad Lauer, named today the head coach of the uh, Edmonton Oil Kings. Last several seasons as an assistant on a very good staff in Tampa Bay. With one, of, I, I would say, Brendan, where would you say John Cooper is? I mean, top, top three, top four in the league. Yeah, I'd say. The it one sounds thi- like all the players love him. Well, the one thing that killed the Lightning—they were too soft. Sorry. Skilled in the regular season, too soft. Washington pushed them around. Yeah, that's fair. They, do you agree with that? Washington pushed them around. Well, yeah, they have some big bodies that can skate. I wonder if Tampa Bay is a team that looks to add a physical force at some stage. They got lots of speed and skill. They got one guy in particular I love, Jerry Johan. Jerry Johansson represents them. That's Braden Point. He is a hell of a player. We're late into the break. This is Oilers now. It's one twenty-seven in Edmonton. We'll talk NHL hockey hacks with Hags. Joe Haggerty. Do the Boston Bruins have a legitimate shot at John Tavares? After a global news weather traffic update, Eileen Bell. When you want to fly your Oilers colors with fan gear or outfit your fan cave, there's only one place. ProAmSports.ca Jerseys, apparel, headwear, and memorabilia from your favorite players and teams. Whether it's the NHL, the CFL, the NFL, MLB, or more, ProAm Sports are your fan cave specialists. And if it comes with a ProAm Sports Certificate of Authenticity and hologram, you know it's 100% authentic, hand-signed memorabilia. So no matter who you cheer for, ProAm Sports has got your guy. Visit their Edmonton 
showroom on St. Albert Trail. Fill your fan cave at proamsports.ca. That's proamsports.ca.